No, Chelsea, I think it's been a while since we talked about lost civilizations. Or it's at least been missing a long cities. while. It has been a long while. But I did find an article that came out on the website Nature on May 25th, 2022. Directly from Nature? Yeah. I didn't know it had a website. It I Mother Nature, it. yeah. Nice. Okay. It What's has its it got ways. to put out? Well, it has a mind-blowing ancient settlement that was discovered in the Amazon. Really? Yeah. Okay. What's up with it? So these are mysterious mounds in the southwest corner of the Amazon basin, where there were once the sites of ancient urban settlements, which scientists have recently discovered. They're using remote sensing technology to map the terrain from the air. They found that starting about 1,500 years ago, ancient Amazonians built and lived in densely populated centers featuring 22 meters tall earthen pyramids that were encircled by kilometers of elevated roadways pyramids wow okay roadways yeah, yeah. oh yeah they were complex and have you ever heard of the lost city of z no it's supposed to be a city that exists in the middle of the amazon no that's what like... i was just gonna say i'm mind blown because i didn't know about anything in the amazon yeah, for the most part, we just think of like lost, not lost, just uncontacted tribes still living in the Amazon mm -hmm. and then basically being nature reserves and then soybean farms and cattle farms that are slowly chipping away at everything to slowly uh, turn into a yeah. But yeah, it's actually going to come up in this article, kind of basically how the thought process has changed throughout kind of our mapping of the Amazon. The complexity of these settlements is mind-blowing, says team member Heiko Prumers, an archaeologist at the German Archaeological Institute headquartered in Berlin. This is the first clear evidence that there were urban societies in this part of the Amazon basin, says Jonas Gregorio de Souza, an archaeologist at the Pompeo Fabra University in Barcelona. The study adds to a growing body of research indicating that the Amazon, long thought to have been pristine wilderness before the arrival of Europeans, was home to advanced societies well before that. This discovery was published on May 25th in Nature, which is where we're reading it right now. Don't know why they had to put that there. <laughs> and, they, and they cited it. But this is a shift in thinking as to what the Amazon was prior to this. So humans have lived in the Amazon basin for around 10,000 years. And researchers thought that before the arrival of Europeans in the 16th century, all Amazonians lived in small nomadic tribes that had little impact on the world around them. And although early European visitors described a landscape filled with towns and villages, later explorers were unable to find these sites. By the 20th century, though, archaeologists had yet to confirm the rumors and argued that the Amazon's nutrient-poor soil was unable to support large-scale agriculture and that it would have prevented tropical civilizations, similar to those found in Central America and South Asia, from arising in the Amazon. By the 2000s, however, archaeological opinion was beginning to shift. Some researchers suggested that unusually high concentrations of domesticated plants, along with patches of unusually nutrient-rich soil, the hypothesis gained steam when in 2018 archaeologists reported hundreds of large geometric mounds that have been uncovered because of the deforestation in the southern Amazon rainforest. These structures hinted at ancient organized societies capable of thriving in one location for years, but direct evidence of settlement was lacking. And in 1999, Prumer began studying a set of mounds in the Bolivian part of the Amazon basin outside of the thick rainforest. There, a multitude of tree-covered mounds rise above a lowland area that floods during the rainy seasons. 
Previous digs had revealed that these forest islands contained traces of human habitation, including the remains of mysterious Kasarabe culture, which appeared around AD 500 during one excavation. Perumers and his colleagues realized that they had found what looked like a wall, indicating that a permanent settlement had once occupied the area. The researchers also found graves, platforms, and other indications of oh. complex society, but dense vegetation made it difficult for them to use conventional methods to survey the site. So they really started in the early 2000s to see that this is likely what was there, but they had no way of getting there. But by the 2010s, mm -hmm. they started using something called LiDAR, and that's a remote sensing technology that uses lasers to generate a 3D image of the ground below without the trees in the way. That is very cool. Yeah, and it come into vogue with archaeologists. So in 2012, a LIDAR survey of the valley in Honduras helped lead to the discovery of an ancient pre-Columbian city rumored to have existed in the area. And the jungle had completely overtaken the settlement since it was abandoned in the 15th century, making it all but impossible to see from the air without LIDAR. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Prumers and his colleagues took advantage of LiDAR in 2019 when they flew a helicopter equipped with the technology over six areas near sites confirmed to have been occupied by the Kasarabe people. And the team got more than it bargained for with LiDAR revealing the size and shape of 26 settlements, including 11 the researchers hadn't been looking for at all. Monumental task that would have taken 400 years of survey by conventional means. Wow. Two of the urban centers each covered an area of more than 100 hectares, three times the size of the Vatican City, and the LiDAR images revealed walled compounds with broad terraces rising six meters above the ground. Conical pyramids made of earth towered above one end of the terraces, and people probably lived in the area around the terraces and traveled along the causeways that connected the sites to one another. We have this image of Amazonia as a green desert, devoid of any type of culture, Prumer says, but given that civilization rose and thrived in other tropical areas, he notes, why wouldn't something like that exist here? Why these settlements were abandoned after 900 years is still a mystery, though, and radiocarbon dating has revealed that the Kasarabe disappeared about 1400 CE, common era. Prumers points out that LiDAR images revealed reservoirs in the settlements, perhaps indicating that this part of the world wasn't always wet, an environmental shift that might have driven people away. However, consistent pollen records reveal that maize corn was grown in the area continuously for thousands thousands of years indicating sustainable agricultural practices. And at the very least, the discovery of the long lost Amazonian societies changes the general perspective people have of Amazonian archaeology. Present day logging and farming in the Amazon basin are almost certainly destroying the important archaeological sites that have yet to be discovered, he says, but a growing interest in Amazonian archaeology could lead to the protection of vulnerable places. These discoveries also counter the narrative that indigenous peoples were passive inhabitants of the Amazon basin before the arrival of Europeans. People who lived here changed the landscape forever. And yeah, that's just... That's very cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, from the article I'm getting, they're very surprised that they're there. But you look at, this is South America mm -hmm. in the Amazon. The Amazon also connects to Peru, where there is Machu Picchu. And that's up on the top of a fucking mountain. So where would you think that ancient civilization is more apt to settle? On the top of a mountain? From the Amazon rainforest floor. I would probably pick the rainforest floor. And here we have a civilization that was living on a mountaintop. Whoa. So I'm not surprised to see it there but i do have a question for you yeah i know there's some places in even the united states where they have sacred mounds yeah 
that are of significance. Now, these pyramids that you're mentioning, are these pyramids that have over the years have just mounds that have just naturally formed up upon them? I don't know for sure. That's what's because going on. what they're seeing is LIDAR. So they they really haven't actually seen what the pyramids look like or what they would have been made of. Just the fact that they are there. You would think that people passing by, I mean, they're burning down the Amazon. No, but like the area that the area they're doing LIDAR in. Yeah, Mm, it's so remote that they actually can't travel there. So they might actually be pyramids, but just going off my gut feeling, they're probably not straight up pyramids in the middle of the Amazon. They probably built up. No, exactly. Like they would have sort of over top of them. Yeah. Over them. Yeah. Because if it was just a pyramid that was 60 feet high, mm-hmm. you would very clearly see that from the sky, which you can't. That's so cool. But the amount of lost cities that they're discovering in the Amazon is just mind boggling. I can imagine and I feel so bad because it's, you know, as a vegetarian, I hate how much land is used for like meat that is used. But in the Amazon, a lot is used for soy, which is very sad. And they're burning up a lot of, yeah, and a lot of it is coming from the Amazon and they're burning up all of these thousands of acres. But there's so much stuff like this and they just don't care but obviously they're using lidar right now to find these so they're not just you know burning forest and they're like oh my god a pyramid but that's so cool that they're finding things like this yeah and we'll keep you in the loop yeah that has huge implications like pyramids in the amazon and yeah maybe we can do an actual like lost city in the amazon Uh at some point in the future because there are a few fabled ones like el dorado or the lost city of z el dorado that sounds familiar is that a disney movie yeah, it is. Well, sorry, it's a cartoon. I don't know if it's Disney. It's also a resort in Kelowna. We, in yes, fact, were is. there on the weekend. Yeah, it's a nice resort. You should go there. Yeah, and definitely yeah. exists. But with that, I think we can move on to more pertinent matter of finishing up this Casey fellow. So let's get yeah. to this episode. Let's start the episode. Okay. From the unexplained to the mundane, come join us on a journey to the fringe. Hello and welcome to Journey to the Fringe, your one-stop shop for adult entertainment on the internet. I am tired of the idea that pornography gets to use adult entertainment as its thing. Adults can like more than that. (laughs) We entertain adults. That's what we do. We do. We do. It's probably not good for kids. No, we're taking it back. (laughs) But today, your taker backers, uh, Taylor and Chelsea, are going to be continuing on our story of this Edgar Casey fellow. Mostly Chelsea will be doing this while I provide some much needed questions along the way. So I'm just going to yeah. let Chelsea do her thing. They're always really good questions that you bring up most of the time, except for the HPB episode. Quick recap from the episode we just left you hanging on. We're talking about Edgar Casey. I'm sure you're well aware. You're back here looking for the last part of this episode. You're ready. You're eager. And we learned about Edgar's early life, his clairvoyance or psychic abilities, as well as his introduction to hypnotism, being able to unlock his superpowers. We met his family 
family and the general goings-ons in his life, and most importantly, his want to help people with his readings. And now, we've all arrived here in Virginia Beach. We made it. This period in his life started to be legitimate. He has a small number of employees and volunteers and was considered to be a professional psychic. Not a lucrative one, but money seemed to appear when needed from interested person. Gertrude Casey, Edgar's wife, was now conducting all the readings. He was standing in, or it's a she, not sure why I said he. I mean, it could be interchangeable maybe. She was standing in conducting all the readings because if you recall from the last episode, he needed that person to be able to put him under into his nap. And along comes another man in the ever-rotating door of mans that come along. This particular man is Morton Blumenthal who worked in the stock exchange and he was very interested in Casey's readings as they all were and he buys the family a house at Virginia Beach. May 6, 1927, Casey as well as Morton and other supporters incorporated the Association of National Investigations in Virginia. It is a membership organization like Costco created to help build a hospital and help fund studies to scientifically research Casey material. Morton was president and several others including Morton's brother were vice president. Casey was secretary and treasurer and Gladys was assistant and secretary. For legal reasons, rules required anyone who wanted a reading to become a member and agree to participate in an experiment for psychic research. On October 11, 1928, the dedication ceremonies for the hospital complex were held. It contained a lecture hall, library, vault for storage of the readings, and offices for research workers. There was also a large living room, 12-car garage, servants' quarters, and a tennis court. It contained the largest lawn, in fact, the only lawn between the Cavalier and Cape Henry. Those are probably two places. The first patient was admitted the next day. The facility would enable consistent checking and rechecking of the remedies, which was Casey's goal. There were consistent remedies for many of the illnesses regardless of the patient, and Casey hoped to produce a compendium that would be used by the medical profession. A chemist, Shankar A. Busy, who also used clairvoyant knowledge to produce medicines, collaborated with Casey to produce atomidine, an absorbent form of iodine which was perfected and sold. The basic raison d'etre, that's French, I probably said that. No, you nailed it. That's English. Just in case, I'm just going to put an asterisk. Like, just in case that wasn't English, maybe I didn't pronounce it that right. For all cures was the assimilation of needed properties through the digestive system from food taking into the body. The aim of the readings was to produce a healthy body, removing the cause of the specific ailment. Which, that makes sense for anything that's health. You want to get rid of whatever is causing your sickness. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a medical degree, but I think you're generally right. 
No, I don't either. I feel like when you go to the doctor, though, they're curing whatever. I mean, sometimes you, have. you can't remove. Yeah, sometimes no, you can't remove what the issue I'm is. Not a like I have a sore mm-hmm. elbow. They're not going to remove the elbow. I am not a doctor, so I shouldn't say. Okay, treatments for what Casey's doing included massage, osteopathic manipulation, dentistry, which is weird, colonic, also weird, homeopathic therapies, and essential oils. Business booming. The wait list full for months ahead and morton decides a university would be nice to supplement the hospital with a parallel service for the mind and spirit after the first semester which is february 26 1931 to be specific morton ceases his support of the university and he shuts down the association which also causes the shutdown of the hospital as well casey removes all the shit and he leaves so now 1931 it's the great depression Casey is sent soul searching and since his friends and family wouldn't leave him alone about how they could be a psychic like him, he decides to go on an 11-year journey to create study groups. And he's in his 50s at this point, right? He was born before the 1900s yeah, and this is 1877. Yeah, he's Yeah, he's 54, about that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting on. This is his mature years after grappling with this for so long and the morality of it. He's really come in to giving the readings and all of this he had a hospital he's becoming legitimate <laughs> he's legit okay that's the better word here anyhow it's the great depression yeah he went on his 11 year journey to avoid the great depression yeah he's on an 11 year journey and he has study groups now and study groups come up in our next episodes just to put a mark on that as well there's a lot of things that you're going to be like wow they really told us what we should be looking for in <laughs> and yet we were so surprised episode. Yeah, we're going to be so surprised, but we're marking them here because we almost instantly forget about them. I've already forgotten. Casey relayed to his group that the purpose of life is not to become psychic, but to become a more spiritually aware and loving person. They would bring light to the waiting world and that these lessons would still be studied a hundred years into the future. Casey's readings were now about dreams, coincidence, or synchronicity developing intuition the akashic records which we kind of sort of covered in the last episode do you want me to say anything about it now? we're good people that are just joining okay. us halfway through there it's on them yeah karma astrology past life relationships soulmates and other esoteric subjects hundreds of books have been published about these so-called readings some never recorded not sure why at this point they were never recorded because most of his stuff is recorded at this point well it's a great depression like tape recordings were hard to come by because there's just so much damn money at this point nothing ever said anything about tape recording i believe most of them were transcribed by his secretary because when he was under he would speak in kind of a broken kind of way that only first of all his secretary that worked with him from the very beginning pretty much she was able to and she was very young she was able to understand everything that he was saying and transcribe it but then his wife took over so from what I understand these are all hand taken notes of what is being said in all of his readings okay. they're not even I, I mean it's a great depression do they have recorders? No, they don't. They probably they, do. they have ways to record, okay, but it would be tape recorders. Yeah. So they're taking physical notes at this point, probably shorthand. Oh, yeah. You got to save on paper. Get this through. 
Yeah. And effort. Minimize yeah. the effort. Although I find it across. weird. Like all the things that he's talking about are very like occulty to the point. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know necessarily like why he would need to opine on things like karma. I don't know. It just seems weird. Why would you need to prophesize on that when karma is just this very abstract thing that hell I have a hard time with because it means that you understand what is universally good and bad and what would be a universally mm-hmm. good or bad retribution, I guess would be a good way to put it in response. No, when really it is it's a very unknowing. good way to put it. Yeah, I totally get it. And I have a few takes on it. My first take, this is all my take on it. So take what I say with a grain of salt. I think that Lammers from the last episode who comes in with a huge belief in theosophy comes in with a very big presence for his belief over what is going into Edgar's readings. Just given what we saw Edgar putting out after his interaction with Lammers that we could not say was with Edgar prior to him coming into his life, yeah, his influence okay. on there. If you're getting yeah. that. My second one is perhaps he's just coming more into his own and he is exploring more into his ability. And this is a very, like I said in the last episode with Theosophy, the United States is becoming very into the occult. And what is the word for it? They're liking the readings going into people. What are those readings called? Seances. Seances. They're loving the seances where they're completely set up kind of things. They're... Yeah. Oh, the Fox Sisters. Yeah. With the Fox Sisters and that would be a good episode to do too. The United States, this is just the time for seances and stuff like that. So whether or not this is actually coming from Edgar Casey, I want to say yes, but I just feel like after Lammers comes into his life, this is the other side of what he takes on whether or not it was his influence or whether or not this is just something that opened up with what he was purveying yeah it's kind of like that open suggestion thing where you can lead people into talking about what you want them to without actually knowing it yeah now keep in mind lammers is gone he's in the last episode we forgot about him but he's still talking about this stuff i specifically got the idea when lammers came into the picture that it was being forced that way because it was his belief and Edgar did not remember what he was talking about when he was under and therefore it could more than likely be directed by someone who had her belief and stuff like this. Now at this point Lammers is gone. He did whatever. He left. He's not having an influence and he's still talking about things like this and these are very old ideas. Karma comes from the east from India. They're very old ideas These are all things that we saw in the Theosophy episode. What you take with that? Theosophy and Thelema for Crowley, they both focus on like Mm -hmm. what Eastern mysticism. Yeah, it's an old belief. It's been along forever. And he does start talking about it at this point. June 6, 1931. 61 people attended a meeting to carry on this work and formed a new organization called the Association for Research and Enlightenment, aka the ARE, and was then incorporated in July, which was like a month later. Hugh Lynn, who is Edgar's son, I got really confused at this point because I had no idea who Hugh Lynn was, proposed that they build a library of research into the phenomena and hold study groups, which they already had, so I don't know. 
and that Casey would do two readings a day. The association accepted this, and Hugh Lin also started a monthly bulletin for the association members. The bulletin contained readings on general interest subjects, interesting cases, book reviews on psychic subjects, and health hints from readings, as well as news of psychic phenomena in other fields. The mailing list was narrowed down to 300 of the best members and results in an annual Congress of the Association, first held in 1932. This is so long ago. And there were speakers on various metaphysical and physic subjects and also included Casey readings. This inspired the attending members to start their own study groups. Association activities remained simple and unpublicized. A fund from the members erected an office, library, and vault erected in 1941. No sign-guided visitors to the center. Association members averaged 500 to 600 people. The turnover from year to year was approximately half this total. The other half remained a solid basis for the research work and audience for case studies, pamphlets, bulletins, and the Congress Bulletin, which was a yearbook and record of Congress events. A mailing list of several thousand served people who remained interested in Casey's activities. 1943. After the publication of an article in the magazine Coronet titled Miracle Man of Virginia Beach, then a biography was released in 1944 and Casey gained national level prominence. By this time, World War II was taking a toll on American soldiers and Edgar could not refuse the families of loved ones in the war. He started giving up to eight readings per day to get through the request. That's a lot. These readings were emotionally draining and fatigued him. Even the readings themselves were telling him it's too much and to limit his workload or else. It was a direct threat. The entity to Edgar Casey. Within a year of this workload, which was 1,385 readings to be precise, within a year, Casey collapsed from the strain. The reading for his condition said, rest until you're well or dead. Pretty much, I'm ad-libbing again. The Casey's went away to the mountains in Virginia and in September, Edgar suffered a stroke and Edgar died January 3rd, 1945, shortly after. He was buried in Riverside Cemetery in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and his wife Gertrude died three months later. The association continued to work on his readings that classified and cross-referenced, not doing the actual readings. There are over 14,000 of them. They just you know, categorized them and studied them. His readings, you can become a member on their website and have access to all his readings or they're available for free in physical at the museum, not museum location, but at the actual hospital location. And his readings were categorized into five different subject groups in this. Health-related information, philosophy and reincarnation, dreams and dream interpretation, ESP and psychic phenomenon, and spiritual growth, meditation and prayer. So that's Edgar Casey. That's the end of his life. Do you have anything to say? I'm going to continue on with some other stuff, but do you have anything <laughs> to say on Edgar Casey? Uh, just thank you for ending it with or having a death in it. Uh, usually those come at the end. Not on this episode. Okay. And sometimes I don't even get to the death at all. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I don't think so. No, it was okay. a front heavy one for me, I guess. It was. It was. 
It's going to make sense to you why we're only halfway through this episode and I'm saying there's still more to this episode. If you give me just a few minutes to get through this, but you might have more to say after. I felt the same, but it's not going to leave you feeling like you need more. I know he died and it's sad, but now I have some fun facts for you though. So it's not all sad news right now. First, I'm going to start with some of the ideas that Edgar Casey put forth in his trance state that wasn't curing people's ails, which he's most known for. So first, buckle up because I'm about to blow your mind with this one. In many trance sessions, his reinterpreted history of life on Earth one of Casey's controversial claims of that of polygenism. According to Casey, five human races, white, black, red, brown, and yellow, had been created separately but simultaneously on different parts of the earth. This one kind of reminds me of the root races with theosophy, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, that yeah. does. So he didn't believe in evolution then? I can't say for sure. Actually, I was going to say no, but I can't tell you for certain that he didn't believe in evolution. Next, Atlantis, where he claims the red race developed in Atlantis and his development was rapid. Edgar Cayce does have a lot of stuff you can find with Atlantis as well, which you find in Theosophy. Another one, which was soul entities on Earth intermingled with animals to produce things such as giants that were as much as 12 feet tall. Casey also believed in giant solar crystal activated by the sun and used to harness energy and provide power on Atlantis and his prediction that in 1958 the United States would rediscover a death rate that had been used on Atlantis. I don't think that prediction came to be true. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I don't think it happened. Yeah. Casey incorrectly predicted that North America would experience chaos. Los Angeles, San Francisco would be among those that would be destroyed before New York. And I believe that was a direct quote from him, and I didn't finish the quote, evidently. He was the one that predicted that California would fall into the ocean. Casey also incorrectly predicted the second coming of Christ in 1998, which he could still be coming if he was born in 1998. Yeah, yeah, he'd be 24. Yeah, he's out there. He's a young adult. Yeah, I'm, yeah. He's probably making some questionable decisions. Most of the things that Jesus was written about in the Bible happened in his 30s. So we got a decade. Yeah. And there's a lot that's missing from Jesus's life that's not in the Bible. I think Edgar Casey could was knowledgeable about that. He read the Bible. Yeah, I would have to see that, though, whether or not he said, like, Jesus will come in 98 or if it's like he'll be born in 98. True. Yeah, I just have in 1998. So maybe he's saying he would come in 1998, but I'm taking that as maybe it means born. So open for interpretation. Casey's readings regarding reincarnation stated that a past life was more important than planetary influences on people. He stated that the strongest personality traits of a person stay with them as a reincarnate. He also stated that the planets serve as a focal point for specific human behaviors, also known as astrology and past lives, and planets combine to enrich or damage an entity's development. Himself as an example, he discovered he was a high priest in Egypt and possessed a great occult power that he had decided to misuse at that time. Good for him. In another life. Yeah. Well, he lived once, him. maybe. 
Exactly. Uh, in that yeah. life, I mean, it may or may not be affecting him in this life. Let's find out. In another life, he was a doctor in Persia. And in that life, he was wounded in a war and was in pain due to starvation and eventually died. His soul decided to leave the body. Both these lives had important lessons that he needed to learn to continue on his destiny. Okay. I don't know if it affected, it probably affected him in this life. I'm going to move on from this to predictions. However, I must note that Edgar did not like to make bold world event predictions. Other than Jesus coming, California sinking into the ocean, <laughs> Atlantis being where it is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you're right. They obviously could have been bolder, a lot bolder. I guess these were just regular world predictions to make and we're not bold. So that's interesting. When you put it that way. He said his predictions were subject to many other happenings, events, and decisions that can alter the future, which is mostly free will. It's a thing. People can choose to do other things other than what the predictions that he made, which is what a lot of psychics will say. Free will can change the predictions that they make. But anyway, here are some predictions that came true predicted by Edgar Casey, which was the stock market crash of 1929, and which we read through his life going through this time. So he says, in February 1925, during a life reading for a 26-year-old physician, Casey stated that a young doctor would soon find himself in possession of a great deal of money. The reading advised the individual to exercise caution and discretion in caring for his wealth, especially in the face of adverse forces that will come then in 1929. Next prediction. In 1935, a prediction about World War II. A quote from Edgar Casey's readings. The activities that have already begun have assumed such proportions that there is to be the attempt upon the part of groups to penalize or to make the association of groups to carry on same. The will make for the taking of sides, as it were, by various groups or countries or governments. This will be indicated by the Austrians, Germans, and later the Japanese joining in their influence, unseen but gradually growing to those affairs where there must become, as it were, almost a direct opposition to that which has been the theme of the Nazis, in brackets, the Aryan, for these will gradually make for a growing of animosities. And unless there is interference from what they may call by many the supernatural forces and influences, there are active in the affairs of nations and peoples, the whole world, as it were, will be set on fire by the materialistic groups and those that are for power and expansion in such associations. During a physical reading, Casey first saw future medical advancements that might make diagnosis from a drop of blood a possibility. The reading was given in 1927 at the time when the prediction would have been considered the making of science fiction, according to edgarcasey.org. For, as is seen, there is no condition existent in a body that the reflection of same may not be traced in the blood supply for not only does the blood stream carry the rebuilding forces to the body it also takes the used forces and eliminates same through their proper channels in the various portions of the system hence we find red blood white blood and lymph all carry through the veins 
These are only separated by the very small portions that act as builders, strainers, destroyers, or resuscitating portions of the system. See? Hence, there is never in the bloodstream the reflections of evidences of the condition being carried on in the physical body. The day may yet arrive when one may take a drop of blood and diagnose the condition of any physical body. And, of course, because I must, predictions that may not have come to pass yet. First, the overcoming of effects of age by science. Not yet, but right now we have mice. The invention of the gasless motor, which I guess it's happening now. Would you consider Tesla happening now? I mean, I would say that we've had many gasless motors in the past. Yeah. Hell, the, the okay, first so car was an electric car. We've had models of electric cars since at least the 70s as well. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So this is happening. I guess it's not old information, but it's in here. More conflict in the Persian Gulf, which, I mean... That one's pretty easy to I predict. I could predict yeah. that. Yeah, that one's super easy to predict. That's just, like, never-ending. The evolution of humans that will mark a new age for humanity and the relationships to the spiritual world. That one's really cool. I await for it time in which that would happen i would welcome that to happen i think that one's still a ways let's hope off, that one gets happen. us before global warming yeah i really hope that it's not gonna happen global warming is happening rapidly at this point yeah Next one, records from past civilizations will be discovered beneath the paws of the Sphinx. I just like the word paws in that because paws are so cute. <laughs> that one's famous. I That's probably one if anybody listening has ever heard. If you haven't heard anything, that's an Edgar Casey prediction. China will... Okay, okay, okay. Get ready for this one. Get ready. Buckle, everybody buckle in. China will have a major impact on the global stage. Like, okay, that could be a million things, but did that just not happen over the last two years? I mean, it's a country of a billion people. It was pretty easy to predict that they would probably rise again. Yeah, I mean, at that point. Like, it was a major power up until European conquest. And Mm -hmm. it really just got riddled with bureaucracy slash corruption at the top. Yeah, I mean, that was a logical prediction to make. But here we are. We lost two years of our life. And I'm just gonna... Leave that there. And he also predicted a new prophet of God will be born, which I already said, but I'm just going to, you know, mention that again right there. Casey had a huge impact on our world. He pioneered holistic medicine, which was natural health care and a patient-centered care in the medical system. He pioneered dream interpretation. He was also one of the first in the Western world to do work with past lives, meditation, and much more. Probably wasn't one of... He, well, he was one of the first he wasn't the first but he was given his timeline again go back to hpb she also was one of the first talking about this kind of esoteric eastern world kind of business but yeah that's edgar casey well he did a few things that i did not know about but at the same time i feel like there's just a bunch that like i don't know red herrings in that story where they kind of start off and they're like trying to make him seem more mystic and just like failed to follow up on it later in life yeah and some of it was my interpretation that i put in there fair 
What was some influences that came into his life? What because hypnosis? I have the ability to do a hypnosis. I've done hypnosis. I've been under hypnosis. It is a very susceptible thing. And he had some pretty big, which is why I wanted to say he had some pretty big influencers there, which is why I say, please go back and listen to our HPB episode on Madame Blavatsky because she was the creator of Theosophy and nothing says in the KC records that he was so heavily influenced by it, but it kept coming up. What do you think? See, yeah, there there were a few things that seemed to have parallels and the fact that it did come up mm-hmm. does definitely say like I he at least slept on that book. Yes, that's a great parallel to draw. I would say definitely he probably slept on that book. I'm glad you said that because he probably did. There's a lot of similarities between everything Theosophy says and what he was saying. And I don't want to make you biased or anything, but it's just a similarity that I drew knowing what I learned from when I researched. Huh. He won the only HPB. But yeah, that's that's kind of all I have. He is an interesting guy who we're going to talk, at least yeah. allude to in the future. So it's good for everybody to have listened a to this bit. one. Yeah, a little bit. So that's all we have on Edgar Casey. That's it. I don't have any more. No, that's perfect. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, if anybody is wanting to learn more, there is a Edgar Casey Museum in Virginia Beach. You can go check out. I believe it is at the hospital. An interesting place you can go. It is way too far away for me to do, but... I know there his readings are free. Otherwise, you can go edgarcasey.org and pay to read his readings. Yeah. But with that, I think we will move on to different pastures, to say the least. Edgar has been fun. He's been just a real delight to talk about. And we're going to talk about things not necessarily in that category now. So (laughs) thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Journey to the Fringe. If you have liked what you have listened to, please like, share, subscribe, or follow, depending on what venue you are listening to us through. Also, please, if possible, leave a five-star review, as that really helps us in the algorithms. Should you wish to interact with us, please check us out on your social media of choice. I bet you we are there. And if you really want to communicate with us and give us ideas for new episodes, or tell us that we're wrong and terrible, either way, please send us an email at journeytothefringe at gmail.com. For now, I'll see you in the next episode. Uh